Pegasus Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Martin Garcia and Darian Clark. All right, it's a new day, and it's another uh, Red Pegasus Podcast episode, and we today have the joy and pleasure and honor to sitting here with Kurt Metzger. He's the VP of Operations at the Norma's Cafe, the a Dallas award-winning restaurant, now going into 68 years strong. Um, but without further ado, enough of my explanation of Kurt. I'll allow him to open this up, and let's just start right there. That sounds so professional. So <laughs> thank you guys. We're uh, yeah. I'm certainly honored to uh, be here with you. And uh, I feel like there should be a whole bunch of uh, super sophisticated people in line <laughs> before me. But no, I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. Awesome. Yeah. Well, no, we're just as honored to be here with you and, and uh, getting the conversation to getting the chance to have a conversation with you and just hear about your story and hear about the great Norma's Cafe and in the greater Dallas area. So Dallas staple for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with, but without further ado, let's jump into your story. Just like whatever you want to share, you, however early on you want to go. Certainly. Uh, let us, let us get to know you a little bit better. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, again, a, a certainly a privilege to be with you guys and uh, doing my own research. It's super cool to see that y'all's deep dive on the Metroplex and uh, finding the roots of uh, the city and, Norma's Cafe is certainly one of them, as I've mm. learned over the past two years. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm telling you, I, I was was uh, not just being humble when I said I feel like there should be a lot of other people in line to <laughs> to be at this microphone other than me. But uh, I've been uh, very privileged to uh, work with some of the coolest and uh, most uh, respected mentors, if you will, my mentors, if uh, if you will, uh, people in the Dallas restaurant business. And it started um, back a long time ago. It started back when I was a kid and um, grew up in a small town uh, called Brenham, Texas, outside of Houston. Um, the restaurant industry uh, was very much in, in, uh, in my blood back then. Uh, we, my family had a small restaurant uh, in that area. Uh, and again, it was still not even on our radar at that time. My, I was, uh, came up kind of in a unique way. Um, as an adopted individual outside of the Houston area, I was adopted into a, a wonderful family. I think I won the adoption lottery, if you will, <laughs> uh, was adopted by Roger and Tammy Metzger. And at the time, back in the seventies, Roger was the starting shortstop for the Houston Astros. Very cool. And, nice. um, it, it, uh, again, it was definitely the, uh, the, uh, the lottery for any adoptee if, and, uh, so we we were in the restaurant. Uh, excuse me, we were in the the baseball a baseball family, and yeah. um, as much as we could, we would travel with him. Of course, I was a first infant and then a very young child, but I do have uh, memories of the Astrodome. I do have memories yeah. when we were traded out to San Francisco. I've got memories of Candlestick Park, mm. and of course, to tons and tons of pictures uh, at, at our home or their home in uh, in Brenham still of some pretty cool characters, everybody from Pete Rose to Willie McCovey uh, wow. and everyone in between. Uh, but, um, you know, that uh, came, his career came to an end relatively quick. Uh, he severed the, uh, the, the the tips of his throwing hand. Mm-hmm. And um, if you if you are sports folks uh, out there, I mean, he, he led the league in, in, uh, in speed. He led the league in accuracy uh, and uh, in errorless games. So him losing his ability to throw um, definitely played into his his uh, choice to um, to to retire, mm. uh, and uh, was able to come back for one more season, even with uh, the tips of his fingers wow. missing. Uh, but um, you know, I remember being what would I have been at the time five, and I remember at, I remember being in our kitchen in our new home in Brenham and asking him when the tips of his fingers were going to grow back. Right. Mm. So you yeah. sit as a child, you, you just don't know. Right. And, uh, and so he humbly retired and, uh, put a decade in, in the major leagues. And, uh, and so it was time to move on and do new things. Mm. So, um, the next chapter was the restaurant business and, uh, you know, it was, um, a super cool thing for us because, uh, not only did, you know, back then, of course, now knowing what I know about the industry, um, you, you, we look back at what was, and not to mention we're, you're back in the eighties. So there certainly wasn't anything that was computerized. Right. Yeah. And you're like, my goodness, what were we even doing? <laughs> and I don't know if they ever made any money, but I know they made a lot of friends along the way. And, uh, they had that restaurant for 10 years. 
And uh, to this day, our core of, of good, quote, family friends uh, come from that era in the restaurant industry. Mm. Very cool. Wow. Yeah. What a story. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I kind of have a twofold question to follow up. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Since your restaurant, since the restaurant was in Brenham, did you have Bluebell? <laughs> you can't not have Bluebell. I think it's like a mandate. Yeah, that's awesome. It's written in the city it. ordinance. Yeah. You, guys, exactly. you have to serve it. And then exactly. I think it's no secret that I'm the sports fan of the podcast. Definitely. Martin loves sports too, but I, I think I carry a lot of the story and the statistics behind it all. I wanted to jump in. You mentioned Pete Rose. Did, Correct. Was there a, a, a story that you wanted to dive into? Like maybe somebody that you met along the way or that he met along the way that was like really cool that you wanted to bring to, to the light here? So it's it's really, really cool. And I wish we had just time because it's something I really don't talk about, frankly. Um, uh, but it's, you know, everyone thinks, or at least I think the perception is that the money uh, in that industry came along, the money and the ego in that industry came along in the 80s. And, and mm-hmm. I can, I'm a, a testament to the fact that, you know, there was plenty of money and plenty of ego uh, was alive and well back in the seventies as well. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of ways and I've, I've thought about this and I wasn't, I was in my forties, uh, when I thought about this, that how would I have gone through the departure of the way my father did. Right. Mm-hmm. And it probably like a crying, kicking, screaming baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor me. What's happened in my career, this, that, and whatever. Um, but you know, he, he handled himself with such humility. Uh, and so, the talking about sports, talking about baseball was not his thing. You would, he would be the guy, you know, a lot of people out there would be walking around in their batting jacket <laughs> or their, you know, their logo, the giants, this or San Francisco, that, or, mm. and he doesn't, but the one person, the one person that my dad always uh, speaks about with extreme, uh, you know, reverence, if you will, is Pete Rose. Mm. And they play, I mean, I've got pictures of them playing on the field. I've got actually a picture, and I say I, our fam at our house in, in Brenham, where I want to say Roger was stealing third and Pete Rose is square on his back mm-hmm. going, or vice versa, I don't remember, but there's yeah. there's some really cool pictures. Uh, I mean, name it, Hank Aaron. There's there's a there's a picture with my dad and Hank Aaron in the same play. So cool. Um, I mean, everybody, uh, Willie McCovey, um, you know, uh, gosh, of course, Nolan Ryan, they were opposite of each other, right? So when yeah. he, when my dad was in Houston, and please fact check check this because I'm not claiming to be a sports person. I think Nolan was out in California with the A's, and then when Roger was traded to San Francisco, then that's when Nolan came to. Okay. But I've got my own yeah. picture of it was just not even three or four years ago in Houston because they would do old timer series or they oh, would yeah. bring it back, and I've got a wonderful picture of Nolan and dad just sitting there talking, you cool. know, and it's just my own little camo cameo of them just yeah. sitting there doing talking the shop, So cool, you know? Yeah. And, um, it was a really cool era. Uh, some really neat names. I mean, you know, and, uh, uh, definitely a neat experience, even though it was, it was a brief portion of our lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the way he handled himself leaving the game. And for me as an older person now, yeah. you know, I, I remember thinking when you're a, a teenager you're like why aren't you coaching why aren't you managing mm. all the things that are like quote ego driven but he was just humble and made his departure and and then they came the restaurant business yeah and and yeah i don't think you can have a restaurant in brenham and be successful and not have bluebell ice cream <laughs> 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 well very cool just to hear yeah that backstory just about your dad's humility and and yeah his just his drive even though the circumstances didn't go the way he foresaw them you know so yeah i think i know. think you you know uh, when you look at the stats and you might, you being the, the sports guy, you might even know, especially growing up in a small baseball town, uh, like a Brenham, mm-hmm. you know, I think every, uh, and this is coming from a guy that can't play, right. Which was a <laughs> question that I was asked every single day of my <laughs> yeah. life until I think I turned 20 years old. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the reality or the perception that is put out there by, I would say a lot of dads, Uh, And a lot of coaches is that, you know, you just get to high school and then you're going to be in the major leagues. And I think when they really look at the stats of, of how many people actually make it versus how many people play, even at the collegiate level, um, it's, it's a pretty, pretty small club. 
And so, uh, yeah, a, a decade in the majors is, is uh, something that uh, I'm, I'm probably more proud of it than he is to be, <laughs> to yeah. be quite frank, yeah. but he pulled off a golden glove, uh, wow. pulled off an MVP and the golden glove is still in our mantle or their mantle at home. Very cool. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it looks just like the ones you see today that they still hand out. Yeah. And I think it was Altuve that just now broke his record in triples. If I'm not, I'm not mm. mistaken, triples oh, are errorless wow. games. Yeah. But again, please fact check that. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the two. Sounds right. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. So was um, starting a restaurant business something that he had maybe kind of wanted to do or thought about doing um, <laughs> before, you know, getting into the league and, and stuff like that? Well, I think, uh, and it, may, it might still very well be that way, but I, I know back then, um, and my grandfather, who was also in business um, in real estate, and um, I know it's one time had a Chevrolet dealership. I think the thing back then was to like do car dealerships, do mm-hmm. things where you could put your name out there. And I know that um, they, my dad was was working uh, with my grandfather in the real estate side. We had acreage out there, uh, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, I know that the restaurant side was driven more by my mother and my grandmother. And and again, now being in the restaurant business for almost thirty years, I don't know why. I'll speak for our my family only. I don't know why people get into businesses they don't know. <laughs> but everyone out there thinks that re- the restaurant business is the one that yeah. You know, no one goes to try go into a law to a, a courtroom and try to, to practice law or go into an operating room. But for some reason. <laughs> Everyone thinks they can do the restaurant business, including us, and uh, it's a it's a it's a uh, very tight margin industry. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it was him driving it as much as my my parents, and and uh, I don't think I was being very silly or or you know when I said that I don't know if we ever made any money, but we certainly had a really good time, and the memories uh, are amazing, and uh, it definitely led to a lot of great a lot of great friendships. But I think to go back to um, you know what we were talking about, I'm sure I have to believe it planted a seed. You know, mm-hmm. because um, it's it was the same model, right? I mean, it's busy. You, you got to hustle. Uh, you know, all the things that we that we know are part of a restaurant, any restaurant that we enjoy visiting today. Yeah, I could see that um, fast paced environment, thinking quick on your feet. You can kind of see the similarities between the restaurant business. But it's funny that you bring that up too, because I feel like that is something that everyone can, can thinks about, like growing up, like man. You know what? We can open up a restaurant. <laughs> we can open up a bar. Like it's not that yeah. hard, right? We, You're just serving. We do this every day. We cook at home every day. It. I, I've it's heard it. I've heard it said from coast to coast. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's funny. Um, so, what kind of uh, food was being served at the restaurant? So we did. Uh, it's it's really super funny uh, too, or or actually, it's really cool to see. Um, and again, you're you're backing up well now forty some odd years, and. Back then, Brenham was a it was its own little area, uh, you know, with a speed limit of fifty five miles an hour between Austin and Houston, where it seemed like its own bubble. Now it feels like you can be in Houston in fifteen minutes from Brenham. And frankly, with the growth of of Houston and Austin as well, eventually, in my opinion, Brenham will be like a Frisco. It'll just be just a, a stop on the the freeway or the tollway or whatever. It's Highway two ninety right now, and um. So what comes with that is more population and, and what I would consider now is a more perhaps sophisticated palate and a desire to be in that small town. So what I'm going with that is that now what my parents did back then was a cuisine that, um, yes, home style cooking, but also some what would be unique flair for a small for a small country town. But now. I think it would fit right in. Not that we're going to go do another family restaurant anytime <laughs> soon, but I, but you know, you, you've got the boutique um, steakhouses and you got the boutique little cafes, you got the boutique um, coffee shops on the town square. And uh, you know, you've got some, what I would consider some sophisticated entree options that may or may not have sold necessarily back in the eighties, but now it would fit right in. So mm. I dare say, if anything, we may might have been just a little bit ahead of our time in yeah. a good way. Yeah. Right? yeah. But uh, yeah, a nice a nice cuisine with a home style touch. Nice. Almost full circle worth where you're at now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is right. almost. It's like, it's like, now that you mention it, it is. <laughs> That's very cool. So as for yourself, when did you grasp the passion or the interest in the restaurant industry? Like perhaps college, like like t- make those ties for us sure. and for yourself. Well, I'm definitely a school of hard knocks guy. Uh, okay. You know, I, I got out of school as quick as I could, <laughs> but I knew I had to do something and I knew I, I obviously was, was 
I knew in my instinct, I, I felt self-made uh, and was in my blood, if you will. Um, I originally, after, after high school, um, and knew that either a, a Houston or a Dallas was going to probably be where I landed on my feet. Um, I, I started taking flying lessons. I started learning to fly planes and just out of the little bitty airports, uh, we had it there in Brenham. And what I realized or found out was that the flight school I wanted to attend, uh, was in this place called Addison, Texas, which I'd never heard of, which we happen to be sitting in today. (laughs) Right. And so, um, at that time I had started working with, uh, macaroni grill. And again, this is early 90s to 93, 94, or no, excuse me, 94 to 95, but 94 for sure. Uh, and uh, when I, and this, again, there's a guy going from Little Brenham driving into Houston off of 1960, and there was the Macaroni Grill, which I, someone could have told me that was the first location or the only location I would have believed them. I didn't know any different. Hmm. And so uh, naturally when I find out that Addison is, is a suburb of Dallas, and at that time was still, all it was was the tollway, so it was still a distance away. But it also was the highest uh, restaurant uh, per capita area at the time, mm-hmm. and now I'm learning that Macaroni Grill was a was a uh, a company owned by a, a bigger company called Brinker back then. Of course, all this is common knowledge, but again, for a young 19 year old kid, who knew? So, long story short, um, I I moved to the Dallas area. I moved to Addison specifically and started working at the the Macaroni Grill on Beltline Road, which is almost a stone's throw away from where we are, where we <laughs> yeah. sit right today. Right. And um, while I fully intended on being a pilot, um, I think to answer your question, that's when I kind of got bit by the by the the restaurant bug. Mm-hmm. Um, the culture at the Macaroni Grill at that time was was very deep rooted. I would have probably been dealing with second and third generation away from the founder. In other words, mm-hmm. uh, the folks that were probably the Romano era waiters waitresses. Cooks were now the senior managers, the mm. executives, and man, you could still really feel the culture of that company. Uh, and then layer that with the cult- culture of Brinker, uh, which again, at that time, I mean, it was nothing for Norman Brinker to come walking right through those doors. And you want to talk about magnitude. You want to mm-hmm. talk about just wanting to follow someone just because they had that energy about him. It was a very impressive, it was Im- impressive. He himself and the folks that he surrounded himself with. And I consider myself privileged to, to work for both of those companies because there is that energy to it. And this is just a 19 year old kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, here I am. So I worked hard, uh, with, uh, macaroni grill and, um, again, with, with them being a Dallas based company and with their office being right off of 635, we saw, all of those corporate folks, um, sometimes daily. And, and so I guess I caught someone's eye and ended up going on the road, uh, with the corporate teams for macaroni grill and oh, got, wow. got lucky enough to be on the opening teams for a lot, for several of the California locations and, and one in, in Colorado. And I had two choices. I could continue to go on the road or I could start management. So I started down the management path and, uh, started at 21 years old, which is a pretty young manager. Yeah, and uh, just uh, started to work my way up the up the chain, mm-hmm. and uh, and then from there it uh, it was a, it was a really really cool experience uh, to where I um, then once on the road uh, again got to meet one of my future mentors, uh, which is a gentleman who's now a, du- a very successful Dallas restaurateur, Rich Hicks. And um, who's done everything from Muya to Pie Tap, uh, Ojos Locos. Um, I know I just saw they've got a beautiful new milkshake uh, company. I wish I could name it name it by name, uh, but a, a new restaurant that looks really, really cool. But um, he was very dynamic at 25 years old as well, and I wanted to be I wanted to be just like him. And so um, he was doing a concept at that time called Ten Star. And again, this is mid to late nineties and I'd never heard the term fast casual. It didn't mean mm-hmm. anything to me. And I'd never heard of a company companies like Chipotle. So not, no yeah. one at, at my, at my age or time or era knew what that meant, but that's what Rich and his partners were trying to figure out. Mm. Well, um, after meeting up with Rich again, uh, he gave me a chance to, to go and be a part of that. And, and I was privileged to, to, to do that with him. And we figured out, our version of fast casual back at that time, uh, and, and, and with the speed of service and the quality of food and, 
and uh, that would lay it off to some some really really cool opportunities uh, for me in the restaurant business. That's awesome, man! You really did start from the bottom and <laughs> made your way all the way to the top. <laughs> well, the, the the part I did, I left out is that macaroni grill there at Willowbrook, uh, the one in Houston. Um, I I didn't even get to I wouldn't even start as a server. I was a food runner mm. uh, first, and 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 a busser, and so yeah, it it uh, definitely started from the ground up for sure. Very cool. It's yeah, cool to seriously. see just kind of where you put your mind and your heart and you, 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 from every journey, even from as a, as a kid, from a family restaurant, the things you grab from there and the things you grab from being the table and the things you grab from being a uh, macaroni girl to following the, the people that you want to be like in this and to see kind of the success that comes from, you know, where you've picked uh, some advice and, and uh, some things to add along to your journey just to kind of see where you're at now. It's really cool. Well, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Having those uh, those role models mm-hmm. is definitely yep. can get you far. Um, real quick, just because I I've kind of dabbled with the idea of you know taking going to flight <laughs> school or something. Uh, were sure. you were you wanting to become like a commercial pilot? I, I did. Or? Yeah, I did. And um, you know, I'm forever grateful. I'm forever grateful for that experience. Right. I I don't know what do not know what compelled me to get into a Cessna 150 at the age of what, seven, 16, 17 years old. <laughs> but I'm, I'm forever grateful that I did because I didn't realize how much of that would translate into how I look at business. Right. And I mean, you know, you, you never skip your checklist when you're flying a plane, you mm-hmm. never choose the, the easy route when you're flying a plane, you do it exactly the same way every single time because the decision not to is absolute. And that that uh, has definitely translated into the restaurant business for me. And it's probably, you know, I didn't go into the military. Uh, I didn't, as I said, I didn't do a very, very little college. Uh, and so if there was anything that kind of aligned aligned me into my, quote, adulthood, it's definitely learning to fly. And in fact, for me, I've got three daughters. Their 16th birthday, I, I, I have I've taken them. Part of their gift is to take them for at least one flying lesson. Right. And so there's been plenty of times in my life where I've told myself young and old, it's like, if I can pull a plane off the ground, I can do this, whatever the, this is, right. Mm-hmm. Or if I can land a plane, I can do this. And so there's just something to it. And it's, if it's something that you're thinking about doing, I would, even if it's one lesson, I would definitely, you're in the right spot. There's a, yeah, right. It's right, <laughs> right across down the, the road. Street. Yeah. I think I just heard a plane yeah, exactly. fly right above us. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that Addison airport right there has been inspiration many times, generally from the back dock of the macaroni grill. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something you should uh, explore because it's, um, there's something to it. It's very, it's very cool. Even as an, an you know, and I traveled, travel quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's, there's something about aviation that uh, if it's, if you feel it, you should definitely explore it. Yeah. 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 Um, I used to live in the area off of Frankfurt and the tollway and there's a Sonic right next to the Addison airport. And it, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, Sonic, you just pull in and they bring your food to you and you eat in your car. So it's cool to like find that nice parking spot and you just see all these planes taking off and landing. It's <laughs> absolutely, it's so yeah. awesome to see. And I didn't really start traveling until recently and I've always wondered like, ah, can I go into the cockpit? You know, can I ask <laughs> right. if I can go into the cockpit and, you know, get myself some wings that's or something, right. you know, that the little kids do. <laughs> yeah, like, right. uh, but that's, that's really cool that you've um, done those flying lessons and my birthday's coming up. So there you go. who knows? There you go. I might have to take a flying lesson here, yeah. here pretty soon. Yeah. At the very end of that runway is a racetrack. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I would be lying if I didn't say I don't slow roll out of there and watch those watch those wheels touch the ground. You know, it's if there's something to it, it's very special. Yeah. Very special. Yeah. So cool. And again, you took more things from that experience and you bring it into the restaurant. Absolutely. So cool. And also you have like a physical full circle here too. Right around the airport, <laughs> <That> right? <is> right. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's I'm not sure if it's good or bad, but I've I've accomplished maybe a point six of a mile in my in my thirty years of being in the Dallas Metroplex. So I uh, I'll decide if that's a win or a loss. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so let's let's dive into a little bit more Norma's gear. Sure. How did that come about for you? VP Operations, Norma's Cafe. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, I think that um, I've done a good job of highlighting some some wins or some progress along the way. And um, I think it's only fair to to say that you know any anywhere that I am, um, and as I've told, I, I think I've used the story now multiple times just this weekend alone. Is that 
I've learned a lot more in the valleys uh, than I have in the peaks. And so after um, working with, uh, with 10 star back in again, now in my early twenties, um, I went and opened my own restaurant and, um, I did that via franchise, uh, with, 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 uh, with rich, if I can speak. Uh, and, um, I can tell you that, uh, you know, I was, there's a lot of good fortune that came along with that, which was being able to raise the capital, finding an investment group, uh, finding a, a, a piece of property, building it. But um, now, now looking back, a lot of life life lessons were uh, learned as well. But I can tell you that um, you know, doing that at a young age, there was speaking for my own ego, there was a lot of ego involved as well. And and you learn a lot of hard lessons when you are, and it's not just an age uh, chronological age, but for me mentally, uh, you know, a lot of things came really easily for me in that process. And when things come easy. Uh, you think that uh, call it what you want, the Midas touch, uh, the the golden boy, whatever you want to call it. Um, and what I've learned now, uh, I'm pushing closer to 50 years old, is that um, generally when it gives that easy, it takes that easy as well. Mm. And so for me, uh, after two years of having my own restaurant, it was time to close the doors. And uh, you go from uh, being the ego-driven uh, Midas touch to a, a realist real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and and in that experience, um, as I do speak about generally on a daily basis, you learn the value of the dollar uh, very fast. Mm. And it as I locked the doors uh, for the first time in my little location, I vowed one way or another to help uh, in any way I can restaurateurs, owners, franchisees, franchisors to to capture, earn, uh, appreciate uh, everything that they earn through their business models. And I've, I've been lucky enough to, to help people from coast to coast in doing so and, and worked my way, um, uh, up the, up the chain. I don't know that my, um, my desire or me getting wherever I've got in my career is my passion driven for myself or for others. Uh, but, um, I know deep rooted it's, it's for a passion for others not to ever experience uh, what I did because it's a, it's a very difficult, it's a very difficult thing to, to close a business. Right. And, and, uh, that's been my, um, the fuel to my flame and, and, uh, you know, whether it was, uh, working for another great restaurant, uh, restaurant tour in Dallas is, um, Chris Delander, who is with snappy salads. And I was privileged to be a multi-unit director for him, uh, area director for him and um helping them doing doing the best i could to help them drive financials or now with with normas which is an absolute iconic concept uh and privileged to work for ed murph who is another mentor uh that i'm just honored to 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 work for and um you know they've had a lot of great success it's really difficult to say let's go a different direction or even remove move remotely off course when you've been doing doing the same thing for almost 70 years but what I've learned is that there's always ways to uh, to 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 better tweak to um, to stay ahead of the curve, and uh, again, it all comes from that experience of when I had my own. And um, hmm. as I learned from Rich, it's like uh, running in front of a steamroller. You don't ever want to stop because the mm -hmm. second you stop is when you lose. And so um, that's what I've done. Is is it isn't necessarily a bunch of trophy trophies on the on the uh, on the wall or on the mantle as much as it is that failure. And that's really what it was that um, probably has catapulted me uh, into, um, into, into where I am. And uh, you can see around, I mean, we're not fancy. Uh, we're just here to, to not only get the job done, but do so uh, with the same respect and the same appreciation for um, the guests that this company has had for, for decades. And that's a, that's a very unique legacy. And uh, I, I, I hold and cherish uh, being able to be at the helm of such a great company, uh, but I'm, I would tell that with any of my teams, whether it's management or hourly, we're we're doing this together uh, because it's beyond success. It's uh, I feel like we have a a, a local uh, Dallas uh, you know treasure, if you will, that uh, that it's ours to. Um, it's really the it's really the guests, to be quite mm -hmm. frank, and it's just ours to help manage to continue to deliver that same experience. Absolutely, that's good. Um, so being the VP of operations for Norma's, you know, a lot of people might go into a restaurant, they see the waiters, they see the cooks, they see the host. Um, so they see that side, but what's the, what is the side of a VP of operations? Like, what does that look like? And, um, 
you know, do you think the things that you've learned along the way from your family restaurant to macaroni grill to opening up your own to now being where you are now, has that helped you and really allowed you to, um, I guess, kind of like understand the people who are working at Norma's? Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, the goal, my my goal is for uh, them to see and witness that experience to be exactly the same. If I'm doing my job, then that means that if I'm in the building or not in the building, the experience is exactly the same. I've mm-hmm. witnessed companies, I'm sure we all have one way or another, uh, either on purpose or inadvertent, where the boss walks in and everything changes. And that's <laughs> yeah. that's the last thing that's the last thing that um, I ever want to do on any company, frankly. Um, I wear the same uniform. Um, we do the same things. Uh, we bust the same tables. We run the same food. We seat the same guest. And um, you go. I go back to what I would witness from a Brinker era, and I know that's what a Norman Brinker did. I know that he was he was not afraid to help in any way. I know that he was was it was well. First off, he would do the same thing at our macaroni grill, but I know it was not uncommon for him to sit on the chilies over on six thirty five. Uh, and not in his office and just ask his guest how their experience was. Well, I feel if we can deliver that same type of um, culture uh, with an equal iconic Dallas brand, then I, I feel like I'm following in the right footsteps or the right uh, behavior pattern. So hopefully if I'm doing my job right, there is no blip uh, in the, in the, in the, or ripple in the uh, experience for the guests. We, we have a great Norma's experience. Um, I, I want to enhance it. But I definitely don't have the desire to to change it. And uh, we've got these same servers, same cooks, uh, some of the same management team that's been around for multiple decades. And as long as um, they're happy, they've got a home. And their their uh, their regular base, their guests, if you will, um, all I hope to do is is work in the fold of getting to know them. And I ha- have had the pleasure of getting to know some of them. And and some of the stories are absolutely amazing. It's uh, it's really really cool. Awesome. It's good to see the, uh, once again, another full circle, right? Your family's business yeah. being a lot of the locals, everyone's Absolutely. become family to now working at Norma's where everyone's family, everyone's a, Absolutely. a regular. And so it's it's cool to see that full circle there as well. One of the coolest stories um, I have, certainly, and I've got several, but one of them, and I don't remember why she originally called up, but it was uh, an, an older lady uh, and, uh, she, we, I was on the phone with her and, um, we were, we were chit chat and she says, before I let you go, I want to tell you my story. This is her talking. And, and she self, I'm, I'm an African American, African American female. And I grew up in Oak cliff and I want to tell you my first story about Norma. And, uh, she said that she would go to the Norma's there, uh, on Davis street, our original location, which is still crazy busy by the way. <laughs> and Norma. Uh, this would have been back in the fifties and sixties in Dallas. And, you know, as proud as we all are of our city, I think it's safe to say it was still pretty segregated back yeah. then. And Norma, Norma Manis did not care where anyone sat mm. and to hear this sweet lady uh, now in, in her senior years, tell me that how much that had meant to her wow. uh, back then when she was a little girl. I mean, it gives me chills to this day. Mm-hmm. And, and I only hope we can continue to give, uh, and we do, uh, that same level of inclusion to each and every person that comes through our doors. But um, you talk about stories that'll pull your heartstrings, and that's just one of the many that I've heard in my two years with the company. People don't hesitate to pull me aside and tell me what the company has done for them, back to school supplies. Um, I know that the Murphs are, are, are very generous people, uh, you know, helping with college, helping with anything. It's, it's a really cool deal. And that's definitely part of the culture uh, that uh, this company uh, has. And it's, it's certainly it's, it's neat to be a part of and, and definitely uh, an energy and a culture that we'll keep alive and well. Um, so before we jump into uh, some Norma questions and, and everything, all the great things that you guys do, um, for anyone listening, like we we like to talk to locals, especially people who are starting their own business, entrepreneurs, um, and have them on and talk to our listeners about the struggles, obviously, <laughs> of starting their own business. But um, can you kind of give the listeners an insight of like what it takes to be a successful 
um, VP of operations and work for such a successful com- uh, restaurant as well? Well, I will definitely go back to uh, my simpler roots. I'll definitely go back and try to to talk the talk. And and anyone that is is going to think about getting into their own business or start a business, it's it's um, you know start with uh, a a realistic uh, approach of what you're going to do. And, um, you know, I learned from my original investment team, we, we're not going to look at any good scenarios, only the worst case scenario and, and really assess what, um, what you're getting yourself into, what you're getting your family into, um, know, or try to find and appreciate the value of, of the dollars that you're investing in it and then be prepared. And I, I've got to assume that that translates to all, uh, businesses. I, I, I don't know. I only know the restaurant business. But uh, be prepared because it becomes a, an, another child, or it becomes another relationship, mm. uh, and it will it will require your time, it will require your energy, and it will require your effort. Um, you know, and and as far as as being in in a, a senior role, um, I think it goes back to what I, I said a little bit ago: is that always remembering where we come from, right? Um, I, I don't I don't express title. I don't uh, introduce my, to my team, especially, or I don't think as as guest either. Title never comes up. Uh, we're just part of the team, and um, I think that that, le- that level of humility or or humble nature, I think, goes a long way. Um, I, I do my very best to say hello to every every part of our team, uh, and uh, the, the the dishwasher gets the same firm handshake as the executive walking in to have their lunch. And, uh, you know, I think if anyone that's out there, uh, has a, has a good idea or a, a desire to go get into business and they're true to themselves and true to their heart and, uh, and follow, um, the, the path that got them to where they are, I think that they'll find themselves, um, in a, on a pathway to success. Mm. Um, Ed Murph is a very humble man and, uh, and, uh, it, he makes it really easy uh, to, to follow that, that humble experience. I think that might be a pattern as well is that if, if I can be half the man that he is and half the man that my father is, then, then I think we'll be in good shape to, to mm-hmm. continue to continue to take such an iconic brand down a really cool, uh, very successful and very uh, blessed path. Very cool. Yeah. I just hear just from your, your speak that you do have that humble nature and you have that passion. So bringing those two together, I think it, the sweet fit, not only in, in the restaurant industry, but for Norma's Cafe. I appreciate uh, that. Just Intrude. bringing along that that story from Norma and Oak Cliff with that woman uh, to kind of the, the things you're doing now, like just carrying along that culture of, of such a Dallas staple, really cool, and uh, we appreciate you for doing that. Absolutely. Okay, we want to take a moment just to recognize one of our sponsors, that is Crossbar Soccer and Beer in Richardson, Texas, uh, where you chill and play every day. Uh, they are gracious enough to host us in their studio space here on site. And so we are super thankful for them. If you ever wanted a f- spot just to come hang with the friends, come hang with the family, Crossbar is definitely a good spot for that. Not only is it a good spot for playing indoor soccer in the AC during the hot summer months or the cool winter months, um, it is a good spot also for drinking some of the best beers featured across our beautiful Metroplex. Um, they have TVs to watch whatever you like. Usually sports are on, but they take wrecks. Um, they have video games to play. FIFA tournaments are often going on here, as well as lawn games like cornhole and spike ball, things like that. So uh, lots of fun to do here, uh, but mainly hanging around friends and family is the big and best part about it all. Uh, not only do we tell you to come here, but places like Fox 4, Dallas... Morning News and Dallas Sites have told you as well. So come on over, check them out, watch, uh, be involved in watch parties uh, for sports, and come play some indoor soccer and drink some good beer. You can follow them on Facebook and YouTube at Crossbar Soccer and Beer, or on Instagram or TikTok, crossbar.dallas, or you can just go to their website, crossbardallas.com, to find out more, including men's and co-ed leagues and other things like that. So... Check them out if you haven't already. Um, beyond that, you can follow the Red Pegasus podcast on f- Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search up Red Pegasus Pod and you'll find it no problem. Uh, merch is still available and the link is located in all of our bios via Teespring. We're thankful for them for hosting our site for that. Don't forget to rate, review, download the podcast wherever you listen. And um, 
be sure and just murder those buttons and keep up with us. Share it with your friends and family. The best form of advertising is word of mouth. So please take part in that as well. We are thankful for you all taking the time to listen to this. Now, back to the show. Just share a little bit on the backstory of Norma's. You mentioned the Murphs. You mentioned yeah. Norma herself. Um, what's, what is like the history of Norma's and what has made it such a, a Dallas staple and icon today? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, not a, not a college educated person, but I feel very well versed in, in the financials and the economics of what and how a, a, a restaurant can or won't be successful. Um, you know, and one of the things that has never crossed a, an education platform that I've been a part of, uh, is the, is the value of giving or the, or the financials behind the philanthropic, uh, the philanthropic nature of a company. And, and where I'm going with that is I know it's very trendy or borderline obligation these days to quote, give back, especially if you're, if you're successful. Uh, but one of the things that is deep rooted, uh, within the Norma's brand is what's been in place for decade after decade. And that is the economics of giving. And I've, I've never, I've never seen that before, but I can tell you that uh, part of this company's success is the fact that they have in their hearts the desire to give back to that Dallas community, hmm. and and uh, you know from us uh, working with groups like the Birthday Party Project, which uh, is a is a organization that helps homeless homeless teen teens and homeless children uh, is perhaps one of the most uh, touching experiences that I've ever been a part of. Hmm. And we did that with them over the course of this past June and have partnered with them before uh, in the past as well. And it's uh, one of the most amazing things. Uh, we were, had the privilege of going to see their warehouse and all the, the toys that are aligned and organized for kids that uh, would not have a birthday party otherwise. And it's something you don't think about. Uh, mm. and to, to give them a check for over $9,000, uh, uh, through the thanks of our guests that participated with us on that day, uh, is just one of the most amazing things. Another thing that, um, is, is, is super cool. And, um, I'll tell you a story about, uh, you know, in the interview process and they, uh, they told me, they said, well, you know, we, we open our, our, we're closed for Thanksgiving, but we open up our, um, our, our Oak Cliff or our Davis location for Thanksgiving to, to help, uh, you know, people that may not have a Thanksgiving meal. Well, my brain in mechanics is sitting there thinking, okay, that's one more, one more day to work, but I really like the company. I'm interested. I s still will want to proceed. Well, I can tell you now, uh, for two years, which would be the amount of times I've done it. I can tell you I've, ex I've experienced the two greatest mm. Thanksgivings of my life. And, and again, I'm, I'm looking forward to us opening up that cafe on Thanksgiving day. There is not a, a greater visual than seeing these folks that would not have a Thanksgiving dinner. If it wasn't for what we're doing down there, that is a partnership, not only from our, our company, but also through great partners like Benny Keith, uh, and, uh, the, the food company and, and many, many others, uh, that are putting that food on those plates for those folks that wouldn't have a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, and, uh, and it's just one more, one more, you know, feather in the cap of just watching this wonderful company give back. And, and Ed would say it himself, if he was here is that's where he feels his success is coming, come from is when he gives back, uh, it's, it's proven successful. And I, I'm a testament to it now as well, that, um, it's, it's a really, really cool thing to see. And it's probably not something they teach in economics at college, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I'm a living proof or, and the company is living proof that it's, it's, um, it's a really, really cool thing. And, um, and it comes from the heart, which makes it even cooler. Hmm. I have a, a similar story to that. I used to work for a Joe's pizza franchise in high school and they would do a Thanksgiving drive every single year. And to this day, by far, it was one of my favorite thanksgiving holidays just to see it's magical not only the people lined up to wait and just to see like beyond their face to their heart you know yes like that shift of like they're so just grateful just Absolutely. for another meal uh, and to be able to serve them through that and then and then send them some cans home to you know to to if they want to have another one you know later Absolutely. on or whatever but yeah just something about that is just is uh Super magical. So I'm glad Norma takes, Agreed. takes uh, Agreed. advantage of that day. And well. we're, we're taking it up one, uh, one notch this year yeah. and we're still working out the details, but we're planning on partnering uh, with the North Texas food bank. And, and so uh, one of the trendy, the trendy trends, not to be redundant, 
One of the things that's become more trendy, if I can get that right, is um, the ability to to give back when when a guest is purchasing. I know that there's a lot of companies that are doing that now. When and I, I'm sure we participate as well. If I buy something, I'm giving back. Well, our goal this year is to um, to do with our family meal, which is something that we sell during the holidays, which is crazy crazy badness business business, which we love. Yeah. Um, we're going to now be partnering with the North Texas Food Bank. So when our guests are buying their dinner for their family. They'll be in part uh, helping us donate uh, to the North Texas Food Bank. So we're going to always find a way to continue to to increase that. And I think I'm, I'm really, really, really excited to see what we can do this year to help the North Texas Food Bank, which has been a partner of ours for quite some time. So Very take, cool. it, take it to another level this year. Very yeah. cool. Consider it a promo early on. Make sure you go to it here first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And if there's anything we can do throughout all that, well, let it, please reach out. Let us know. appreciate yeah, that. We can Absolutely. Continue to blast it uh, up until the date. Uh, Absolutely. However, I like that. however we can help serve, we'd love to. Thank you. Yeah. Um, can you um, share some of, I guess you kind of already talked about this, but maybe if there's something different about it, but uh, some of Norma's values that it holds and, and what it tries to portray to the community and, and its workers. Absolutely. Well, you know, I do. I think you're right. I think we've touched on the, on the biggest one that, you know, it's the real deal. It's, it's genuine. It's, it's from the heart, like I said, probably a couple of times. I mean, you know, one of the things um, kind of shifting to the business side of it is, you know, for quite some time, and I'm talking decades, the breakfast, lunch, brunch segment hasn't really been necessarily a thing. Uh, it's, you know, you look at a company like Norma's and you would assume, well, the immediate competition would be a Denny's would be an IHOP maybe. Well, that's really shifted in these last three years where now trendy restaurants are these, these, uh, brunch places, the, these breakfast places that are what feels like to me on what feels like to me every single, every single corner. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, from a business aspect, we've had to kind of had to take note as to who's out there because it's not three or four different more brands. We're talking 30 different brands, 35 different brands in the last uh, 72 months, um, you know, uh, that are out there that, uh, you know, can very, very much uh, make a difference and make an impact. And, you know, uh, you guys are much younger than me, but you know, we've all, we, there are no more blockbuster videos around, you know, <laughs> there are no more Sears Roebuck stores around. Uh, you know, you, you look at some of these brands out there that would have been quote, uh, perpetual staples that aren't on the planet anymore. Mm. And, you know, that's where my business head goes into it and sits there and think, okay, well, it, all the feel good in the world, you still have to survive all the feel good in the world. You still have to make it to the next uh, round. I firmly believe that Norma's can be a 100 year company. I really do believe that. And, um, how we, how we achieve that is, is sticking to our grassroots, uh, but evolving at the same time in, in the, in the right ways. And, um, I'll never forget, um, I don't know, six months ago, maybe a year ago, we were going through just a study of like, you know, what, what's going on in the market. And this present, this guy presenting to us was like, well, you know, this particular concept coming to town, they, they've, they've really got the cornerstone on retro. They've really got, and this is a, it's a five-year-old company. I'm like, wait a second. I said, we're retro. We were here in the 50s. We right. were here in the 60s. Our stuff isn't fabricated. It's the real stuff. It's it was really around. Yeah. You know, and and when we when we take a look to see, you know, now granted, not all not all five locations were here, but when you sit there and think about the original location, I mean, it was around before the Kennedy assassination. It was around, you know, before the moon landing. I mean, you know, and hmm. so my goal has been to to kind of to encapsulate that if you will or to remind our, our our guests that and so as we're refreshing the locations you'll see in each location they're still under under construction or if if, if painting is construction but we're, we're putting <laughs> we're building just like your cups um, that you're drinking out of I mean we're, we're building out murals uh, that are are not only you know getting a nice beautiful picture of that original location but then making it localized to each uh each each mm. uh area in the uh, city to say yeah this is this is who we are we are that dallas based brand we're not managing managing this thing from florida or california or colorado we're the real we're the real thing we we've, we've been through um through you know thick and thin with the with the metroplex and we're part of that deal so you know it's it's that evolution and and then uh and with kind of looking back but also moving forward and and while um, we have no intention of of uh, 
touching the menu because we we know we're that place for that home cooking. Um, it's what and how we can evolve, right? And whether it's technology, whether it's entering the online arena, the third party arena. Uh, and what's been super, super cool is I know we've connected with people that had never heard heard for, about, of us before. And I know that because they've they've emailed me or get left me feedback mm-hmm. that uh, we have new guests that we have new Norma's guests that have never touched uh, foot in, in our building. And that's kind of a neat thing because had we not taken the step in uh, the technology world or the technology side of the industry, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have them or they wouldn't know us. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. being creative and being innovative uh, while staying, staying uh, close to our roots of who we are. I love That's that. Awesome. Uh, as a frequent flyer at Norma's, I can see that too. <laughs> yeah. Like I walk in there and it's, it feels like home, but you also see the proactive steps are taken to, to take necessary change and stay not above and above beyond, but, but next steps to staying, you know, at status quo with the game per se, but not going too far out of it. Out of Absolutely. Um, so I do love that and I appreciate that. And not to mention the murals and even yeah. the Pegasus that you have in a couple yes. of stores. I love yes. that. You know, got to slide that in there. there. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, but I, I, we're, we, it's known here that we grew up in Carrollton Farmers Branch area and, and uh, we used to frequent that one right there on Beltline. Uh, it's no longer there. I think you said it moved to. We uh, were right up Trinity Bills about yeah, yeah, a mile and a half, two miles away. The, okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, they, I don't know if, if you mentioned or if you brought this up or if you even wanted to touch base on this, but they filmed an episode in there, uh, from the ABC show, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what would, would you, you do, do at yeah. the location? Could you, if you know anything about that, I know it's been a, a while, but can you tell anything, uh, give us some insight into that? Well, or? let me, let me expand on that. You'd yeah. be shocked how many, I mean, it seems like it's weekly, but how many move, uh, commercials, films, uh, TV shows like the one you mentioned yeah. all request to do things within our four walls. It's the wow. craziest thing. <laughs> really? And, and Dave, the Oak Cliff location has been the highlight. We've got one just, uh, we were talking to yesterday. They want to do uh, a cafe shot um, movies and whatnot, commercials and everything. It's, it's the craziest thing. I, I, my assumption is it's that uh, it's that, uh, you know, catch of retro, um, yeah. you know, I mean the, the, the picture, that's, I mean, that's the cafe right there. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it is, literally walking back in time, yeah. um, you know, and it's really cool to, uh, to see that, um, you know, we have that, uh, you know, cause you can't, you can't, you can't fabricate that. Right. I mean, right. like we said, I, it, the culture is, it wasn't created in some boardroom. It's the real deal. And, and I think it is that genuine, um, you know, that, that genuine feel that people want to be connected to. Uh, and, um, and I think going back to the original part of the uh, question of the comment is, um, you know, our goal is just to enhance who we are. We don't need to go and try to, like you said, try to be something that we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can compete by uh, being the best version of ourselves for sure. I think um, people definitely sense that when people are trying or companies are trying to be something that they're Absolutely not. Absolutely they can. And yeah. you just, you know, you want to distance yourself from it because you know it's not authentic. And then you go into a place like Norma's where you are that retro feel, but you guys aren't trying to push that retro feel. It's just who just you who are. You've like, yeah. been around Front for force. so long. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Uh, you're going to continue getting that. Even if it's a new location, everything looks fresh and new. You're still going to have that energy from the workers and uh, the environment itself of that retro um, that retro feel, which is great. And I think definitely is what helps Norma continue to connect with the community uh, it's as the truth. well. It's the mm-hmm. truth. Um, I don't know if we're, uh, we might be some revealing some stuff, but are we going to see any normal locations popping up? I know you Speaking said that some are future in, under construction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit for the future. Right. Uh, and again, I, I applaud, uh, I applaud the very methodical growth of the company. I, I don't, I can assure you being on the inside, it's, it's by design, it's by thought. Um, going back to a question, a couple of back, you know, that's another thing too, is you want to be very careful when, when you think you got something hot and you expand too fast, because that can, that can lead to even big companies tripping really quick. And, and so another, another thing that I get quite a bit is, is the request, uh, throughout the Metroplex of other areas that, that, and we see it too, believe me. Um, and I could name them off anywhere in the mid cities, uh, you know, Fort Worth side, um, South of the city. Um, you know, and we trust me if there's people out there listening that are in those areas, I mean, we, we definitely, we hear you 
And I can't wait. I mean, we 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 definitely uh, see where we could be extremely successful in those markets. And you know, it's what we're doing in the immediate. Uh, you know, you certainly, even though it seems like in some ways COVID seems like uh, a long time ago, and in some ways it feels like it was yesterday. Yeah, uh, definitely in the the supply chain side as well. That's just now kind of leveling off to where. Pricing is coming back down. I, I I don't know construction in the sense of pricing, but I think it's still nuts. Mm-hmm. I think we all have a pretty good idea of the housing market. I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> regular construction is probably not is just equally crazy. Um, but um, we're we're definitely being methodical with with when we do it. But uh, we intend to strike that iron when it's hot. And um, you know, like I said, I mean, I I could see it in Arlington. I could see it in Fort Worth. I could see it in in the Redbird. I could see it in Waxahachie. You know, mm. um, in the on the east side of of of, uh, the, of town as well. And so we definitely hear you guys if uh, if uh, you're out there, uh, you know, banging on your radio or banging <laughs> on, right. on whatever your means of listening <laughs> to. Bring me a and we, we fully and we fully intend to get there. And uh, you know. I want to be the disciplined one to go slow, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my brain says 25 units, no problem, right? You see some of these brands come to town and and that were literally five units or some pre-COVID weren't even here. And now 2023, they're 25 units in the Metroplex alone and we're not even their home base. So for me, from a business perspective, I'm chomping at the bit Right. But but we want to do it smart and we want to do it right. And that's something I can still learn from from very conservative mentors, um, you know, because uh, you want to do you want to be be successful. And uh, but yes. And in the look and the feel, I cannot wait to to unleash what we think we want to do with the next one. And of course, it'll have that same vibe. It'll feel like you're walking right into that same era that Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, our, our current locations put out there. Love that. Texas booths. Yes. Yeah. The pie right up there at the front. Yep. Yes, yep. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You always have to make sure that pie oh, is right yes, there in yes, front. Yes. My wife, true. every time, uh, do they have any banana pudding this time? Uh, what's, what's going on? Cracks it's me like, up. Cracks okay. me up. The people will come up and they're like, well, we just sat you. Oh no, I'm just looking. I'm checking on my dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you have to go through the entree first. <laughs> sure. um, you don't have to, Martin. Yeah, <laughs> true. True. You don't have to. Um, uh, kind of going back to um, kind of how like, you are running things right now, but also going back to Norma's and its transition from Norma's owners. Um, everyone always wants to come in hot and change everything up, but from the original owner to a different owner, everything has continued to stay the same. You coming in, you mentioned also like everything has stayed the same. You want to do some changes, but you don't want to do dramatic changes. Correct. Has that been difficult? Do you know the story about the transition between owners? And that has that been difficult for you to kind of like pump the brakes a bit and be like, I want to do this, but hold on. I don't want to ruin what Norma's got right now. So I think that the original transition, which would have been in yeah, 86, 1986, I think Ed was smart enough. Well, first off, even the story goes back even further that Ed, when he was a child who did grow up in Oak Cliff, a young boy, that was his place to go have a plate of French fries and, 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 you know, and have his, have his meal after school. Uh, so the story starts way back, way back then. And, um, when he was offered the, the, the original Norma's, um, he was a nightclub guy now, but now a full, fully seasoned businessman as well. And I'm sure he was smart enough. Obviously he was, cause we know the story savvy enough to, um, to, you know, hold the line. Cause this is not only what he fell in love with as a child, but also what is was proven successful. Speaking for myself, uh, brand aside, I'm glad that this is something that I'm doing at, at 48 years old and not my 30 year old self, <laughs> because arrogant 38, 30 year old would have probably come in and needed to put his stamp on things. Mm. And and that's a lesson I think that business people um, sometimes learn and sometimes don't learn. Right? Um, I do think it's important, and I know I've said it multiple times, but I'll say it again that to check the ego at the door. And recognize what people, uh, what our guests appreciate about the brand. Um, do I think over time, if we're going to be a 100-year company, do I think will there be evolution? I think the answer is, of course, probably yes. But but we're also you know smart enough to know that we you know I learned from a mentor, and I wish I knew who it was because I would tell you, give them what they want, right? Give them what they love, and and uh, so we definitely will stay on that path, and and 
my goal is to enhance, not to change. And I think there's there's a there's a big contrast between those two. Um, and I do think that there are um, leaders out there or people in position, whatever you want to call it, that uh, do need to quote change just to change so they they can establish where their their timeline, if you will. Well, um, I want to enhance. I want to make the uh, experience better uh, in some ways faster, uh, in some ways more personable, frankly. Um, I want to capture new audience, which I feel like we've done through third party, but third party guests don't offend folks that want to sit in a booth for three hours, which we still have those Mm -hmm. as well, you know, Uh, and my goal, it's, it's a very thin line, you know, and I think it does take uh, a lot of thinking to make sure we do it right. And, um, you know, we've done very little change to the menu and that's, that's kind of the the goal. We've got a, a, a nice a very heavy steamship going in a really nice direction and there's no reason to change course there. Um, the, the food is exceptional. Uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's uh, enjoyed by a, a vast audience. Uh, the demographics from a Frisco market all the way down to an Oak cliff are, are the full spectrum, which we love every walk of life uh, from the janitor to the, to the CEO. And uh, we're going to continue to do our best to capture them so enhancement is the way I like to look at it as opposed to, uh, as opposed to change. Nice. Very cool. And you don't let the egos and zeros get in the way. That's right. Love it. Yeah. That's right. We try to, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. it's a daily check, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a daily it's very check. Very cool. Um, awesome. Well, we want to end it here, Martin. Yeah. Got anything else? Um, is there anything uh, else that Norma's doing uh, yeah. for the community? You've mentioned the birthday project and, and Thanksgiving, uh, what are some other things that you guys have coming up or uh, on the horizon? Well, we I, I will say we are ramping up, if you can believe it. What It's probably not 100 degrees today, but it was, what, just 110 two days <laughs> yeah, ago, yeah. three days ago, right? Yeah. We're already in full uh, holiday mode uh, for, for us, which I guess is smart. Uh, maybe not on the promotion side yet, but all those pictures are taken. Uh, all the planning is is ready to go. Um, I, For me per- personally or, or from the, the business side, but I guess me personally as well, I, I hope that we can make this uh, North Texas Food Bank partnership, which will be new this year, a huge success. Uh, the ability to continue to drive uh, to drive um, business through giving back is is an, a newfound passion of mine, and I'm really excited to see what we can do. Um, we are working on an app. Knock on wood. Normals oh, will have. Okay. I know. I know. Don't fall out of your chair. <laughs> Normals will have its uh, own app here soon enough, and nice. I cannot wait to get that out to our guests. I think, um, just like we experienced with uh, the online third party world, I think that the the Normals guest is more savvy than than we may think, <laughs> and uh, I think it'll be very well received. So uh, yeah. Got some new retail looks that we're going to hopefully be launching here soon. So All right. eyes are on the future and eyes are on success for our future as well. Very cool. Awesome. You can give me some rewards points for that. App. <laughs> That's yeah, some right. free pie. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone may be eating free, right? As much as we see the same people. No, right. no, we're excited. All right. We want to end it. We usually end it with our guests with like, what's uh, something that you love about Dallas? But we're going to kind of switch gears here. Sure. Because uh, obviously what we love about Dallas is Norma's. So within Norma's, what is what is like your perfect seat and what is your perfect um, a plate? Sure. Like based on all the locations, what are you getting? Sure. Well, my perfect seat, I'm an Italian. So, you know, it's got to be a seat in the corner, right? Wherever I am. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, my perfect plate, I think if, if, if it could be, quote, Thanksgiving or the holiday, and I'm not just pushing it because it's coming up, but yeah. I am, I could eat. Thanksgiving every day, or I could eat turkey and dressing or, or chicken and dressing every day. So my plate go-to plate is our chicken and dressing. It's, it's, it's ex- excellent. Uh, it's, you know, it comes with lots of food. Um, I love giblet gravy. Uh, the fact that, and it, it's so freaking popular, right? Even it can, again, it can be a hundred degrees outside and people are loading <laughs> up on chicken and dressing and yeah. I'm, I'd be right there with them. Now I'd be 400 pounds if I did that, <laughs> right? but, um, definitely my go-to plate for sure. Awesome. And then what's you getting for dessert? Oh, my dessert, any of the, any of the, of the mile high pies, okay. I, you know, you can't go wrong yep, and yep. Uh, it's cool. It's not only cool to eat, but it's really cool to watch them. Uh, those ladies, men and women, men and women, but those guys back there have been making those things for years. They could do it with a blindfold yeah. and awesome. <laughs> they're back there making those pies. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Is there any social media that you want to put out? Maybe if there's another nonprofit that wants to work with you guys, uh, how can they contact you guys? We are broad spectrum. Uh, you know, you definitely go to our website and, uh, you know, we, we, it's not just big charities. 
and it's not just big names. Uh, sometimes it's something we talk about, and I can guarantee you there's plenty of anonymous as well. Um, you know, it's and I, we didn't really talk about it too much, but um, you know, the I, I see and I know we all do. We see the rise of homelessness. Um, you know, the folks on the corners. Uh, you know, and and when you realize the story just doesn't end there, and we're talking about t- teens out there. We talked earlier about the birthday party project, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, we talked about the guest at Thanksgiving, and you know, a lot of times it's it's little bitty kids, mm-hmm. and with bright eyes that mm-hmm. have no idea what and how that meal is getting to that dinner or dinner to that dinner table, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it makes you wonder where they go home to, and 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 that in those lives, so. Definitely, um, when I say that our charity is real, it's 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 a it's a heartbeat of, of who we are, and um, you can visit our website and uh, general comments and and some of the stories are very very telling, uh, but normouscafe.com and and that's definitely a great place great place to start and uh, whether it's to order a meal or um, anything else, um, Norma's is there. Love that, awesome. Well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Um, and we are probably on our way to normals right after this. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we'll, we'll save a table. <laughs> yeah, Kurt, honestly, it's been a, a pleasure. Uh, it's been a joy to just converse with you and just hear your story, Norma's story, and then uh, how Norma's moved forward. We're excited to, to see in the future and follow along in the process. Thank you so much. Thank you.